So let me just start off with a quick framing intro um, so that way in case for folks who don't know us or have not had the opportunity to connect, we can properly welcome them in. And so my name is Erica Jordan Thomas, Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas as of yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> I'm super excited to be able to to have a conversation tonight with Chrissy, who she's going to share about her her consulting journey with us. And so the reason why I'm having these conversations is because I launched my consulting business. It'll be four years in October and have been able to really expand my impact and continue to walk in my purpose in such a beautiful way. And part of the work that I do is helping other mission-driven, values-aligned folks in the education field do the same. And so it makes me really excited to have this time tonight with Chrissy to be able to hear her story, share her story. I'm sure there are people who are logging in who have tons of questions about the consulting journey and like where to start and like all the things. And I feel like you are an amazing person to talk through all the things of because (laughs) of how beautiful your journey has been and the way you have approached your journey. So Y'all welcome Chrissy in the chat. Show her some love. And as you all are doing that, Chrissy, give us a little bit of like, you know, if if there was a movie about your life, walk us through the the movie trailer. Like what what would be some of the scenes that we would see that would got you to this point? Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I feel really lucky to be here. There's almost no one else I would do this with. So I know (laughs) you're going to ask me good questions and focus me, which I need. And anybody who's here who knows me knows that that's true. So I'm Chrissy. Um, I grew up in Chicago and I joined Teach for America right out of college and moved to Phoenix and have spent the bulk of my career in education, all of my career in education. I taught, but then only for four years. And then after that, I've had various roles at Teach for America for the last 15 years. I have two kids, a seventh grader and a third grader. Jonas and Ruby, and they're awesome. Although I'm getting a lot of quality time with them with virtual learning. (laughs) That's a separate Instagram live chat. But I left my role at Teach for America last August because I sort of had been just at the end of a really tough personal like year and a half. And I think that brought a level of clarity into my life about what I did and didn't want. And just, I literally didn't have the sort of like energy to do things that I didn't want to do anymore. And I think Mm. I realized while I had a great career at Teach for America, I worked with awesome people. It just like was not where my passion was. So I kind of left without a real plan other than like, I think there's some things I could do for by myself that tap into like the things I love to do and the things I've become really energized by doing that aren't related to edu- like aren't related to teacher training and teacher preparation and are more related to these other set of things. That's what I'm doing now. And a big part of that was the choice to sort of invest in myself when I didn't have a job by joining your, your course <laughs> um, and saying like, if you want to go try to do this thing, you might have to put a little energy and resources mm. into it and like and do it. And it really kind of launched me and accelerated me into this place where I'm at now. So mm. I live in Michigan, but those are like the highlights of yeah. kind of how I got to where I am in this very moment. Oh my gosh. Chrissy, one of the things that you just said that stuck with me is 
I was tired of doing the things that like you weren't passionate about or like weren't bringing joy. And I really appreciate you naming that because what you did and the decision you made was an act of courage and like how hard that is to be able to give yourself that permission to do that. And the language that you just used to describe that is really, really powerful. Thank you. Um, And so my brain is like, in overdrive with like all yes. these questions. So like, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to calm myself down. Okay. And calm I'm, me down, Erica. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, we got so much to talk yeah. about. And what's also exciting for me in these conversations is because, you know, so anytime I do these conversations, I do them with alums of my program, Get Launch Consulting. And like, even though I know y'all's journey, like I find, I find out new stuff. And so I'm yeah. like, oh my goodness, I'm going to learn yeah. so much along with folks in the audience. And so as we are, as we're having this conversation, if you all have questions, drop them into the chat and I'll make sure that, that we get those answered for you. So, so actually let's start here because one of the things that I know about you is this wasn't your first stab at entrepreneurship. And, yeah. and so when you think about like this decision to but this is this is different, a different type yeah. of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And so I, I find it interesting that you still sought out support um, yeah. in this, this journey of entrepreneurship. And so what made this different for you? Yeah. And you do a great job of reminding me, like you have done, I always sort of like minimize this side hustle that I grew when I was sort of at another lull in my career. The, the, for better or worse, when I'm, pa- I'm either passionate or I'm not, and it mm. shows. And so um, I became really passionate about sort of like health and wellness and the habits that help us take care of ourselves. And it was a baby idea that was really started as like something that I wanted to do for myself. And I am a relationship person and a a community person. And so I was like, let me figure out if I can help other people take care of themselves. And that sort of grew, but it was always a side hustle. And it was a great side hustle in terms of like, I loved doing it. So it never mm-hmm. felt like work. I was like, mm-hmm. let me get that habits guide. Like, let me get that group form. Let me make the recipes. Like, let me make, like, I loved it. And it gave me, you know, extra cash. The reason I think I came to you is because there was, you shared something in a Facebook group in the alum page that was like questions that people who want to work for themselves might ask themselves or might be wondering. And you did like five tips or something. Mm. And I swear to God, Erica, the five things you said, it was like, if I was like, how the hell do I like, what do I like bank or like, what do I, how do I get a client? Like, how do I tell people what I'm doing? It was like, I felt overwhelmed by, even though I had done it, like, I think the daunting nature of like, Hey, you think you're going to go do this thing? That's going to like, let you have a house and two kids. Like that's a little different than your cute little like habits groups, you know? (laughs) And I just felt like I had imposter syndrome. I had, Mm. I think I just needed like a mentor um, and someone who, and you were doing it and, and it felt attainable to do it with you in community with other people. It's kind of like my style. And so that's what got me to join is just feeling this sense of like, there's a couple of things I just don't know how to do and someone else does. I'm like, why the hell am I going to spend time like figuring that out and failing? Like that, mm. that gift you posted <laughs> where you're like, let me not help you like be Biden climbing up this yeah. plane. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to Like, I'm not trying to like waste time, you know? And I feel like, honestly, like I know people know their shit and I saw you and I'm like, that lady knows her shit. Like, let me get some time with her. And so that's kind of like why I joined. Oh, oh, I appreciate all of your kind words. And I, yes. And, and what I'm going to pull out of what you just said is like, 
there was a mindset there though that you had of being willing to invest in yourself. I think there, well, actually there's a couple of mindsets there of like, you seeing yourself as worthy enough to to invest in, but then yeah. also like oftentimes what I think holds a lot of entrepreneurs, edupreneurs back that they don't think of it as an investment. They they focus yeah. more on the expense of it than yeah. the investment. And so yeah. so I just I just I want to like name that for people yeah. of of that mindset. We're going to talk a little bit more about the mindset work here because yeah. we all hold it and we talked yeah. about this of like mindset. Oof, Listen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did my pre-workout. I call. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Like we need a bottle of wine for like yes. each each Still. each each thing yes. of mind trash. So tell us about your the problem you're solving in your business. And I know for you that there's a little experimenting that you're yeah. doing. And by the way, Beth said you helped her quit sugar. And so there you go. There you go. <laughs> Nice to see you out here. I love it. Uh, so just want to shout you out in your former business successes. Yeah, um, and sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, just showing love in that way. So talk love to it. us about like yeah. the problem you're solving in your business and, and just the ways you kind of figure that out because you have so much rich experience and you kind of glossed over that like 15-year TFA chapter. Like you've done some ish. So like, I've tried. actually, actually, let's, let's take a step back. Talk to us oh, a no. little bit more about that 15 year chapter. Like, and this is, this is the moment where I want you to share your receipts. Like, what have you done? So that way we can put in perspective the story of you like experimenting with your problem, because I want people to understand how many gifts you're bringing into your business. So just give us a few receipts because yeah. you got them around yeah. that like 15 year chapter. Yeah. This is not the part of the class that I excelled at, but I think what I'll say is that I was put in a significant, for me at the time, management position at like age 25 or something, let's say. Mm. And I had a great mentor and a great manager who helped me. I think even in that role, I felt like I'm not as smart as everybody else. I'm not as capable of everyone else. And I'm only getting this job because I'm... Mm-hmm. kind of fun to be around, generally funny, minimally. And like, I'm probably going to make a great relationship and like that will get me by. Mm-hmm. And I hated my first probably two management roles. Mm-hmm. I did not like shifting from doing the work to managing others to do the work. Mm-hmm. It was really hard for me. It felt like I was watching other people do something I would rather do. And, and like, I just didn't get why anybody would want to manage. Like, mm. I was like, this sucks. Like, <laughs> if, it, like, like if it's good, you, you shouldn't take credit like them. And if it's bad, you feel all of the like responsibility. And like, I just felt like I wasn't good at it. I feel like I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. You know, I was learning at the expense of like failing, but there was probably a turning point where I was going to bail on that or stay. And because of like a series of like me moving in my life, I was like, I'm going to do this one more year. And then I'm like going back to something else, you know? Mm -hmm. And that year was this year that I had this awesome team that I got to hire for the first time. And I was like, this is my one and done. I'm going to do this. It's going to be one year. And that team really changed my relationship to what, to the power of a great manager Mm. in terms of the outcomes for the business, like, of course, but like the profound experience that you can have on individual contributors and organization, the trajectory of what they do, you know, for the organization, but like long-term. And so um, I think in my time at Teach for America, what it became 
good at, there's a lot of things about being a manager that I would say, don't hire me. Like you want strategic vision and direction. Like I'll point you to that person. That's not, you know, but if you want a manager who can get great results in terms of culture, great results in terms of feeling like they feel valued at work, like they feel known, like they're getting feedback, all those Mm. things. Like, I think that's what I became good at. Um, and I, you know, and in terms of receipts, like I have, have some data that shows, you know, that those were the types of teams that I create. And I'm really proud of like the relationships and work that my team did at that time, but also like the long-term impact that that had on their lives and mine. And so that's kind of like what I loved doing. Like, and, and, and I think where I say like, I lost the passion, I did not lose the passion for managing people. Mm-hmm. I lost the passion for what I was managing them towards. Mm-hmm. And I gained, and I gained a passion around the fact that so many people are put in management positions that they're just not prepared for. I have a mm-hmm. strong passion for women in management and leadership mm-hmm. positions mm-hmm. and the coaching required there. And so, you know, it's like, I just told someone today, I'm like, if you give me a soapbox to talk about management for like four hours, I probably won't even take a breath. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that's where I'm at with that. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that's like what I yeah. did at Teach for America. And I love managing the teams there. I love lateral management. I love direct management. I love fucking up and learning, you know, like it, it was all like, you know, a, a real like lesson and something that I grew to be really passionate about. So, mm. well, you're getting love in the chat. And I can also share with you too, that anytime I have any type of social media post with you in it, your fan club is in the comments. Yeah. Oh, like, oh. Chrissy! Oh my God! Or I get it. I get at least one or two DMs like, you know, Chrissy. Oh, so, same. Like, I feel so same <laughs> everything, everything that you're naming about around your superpower and zone of genius of building relationships and cultivating people, um, I can see it. Even though I've I've never had the opportunity to work with you professionally. Thank you. Likewise. Um, so talk to us around. Okay, so it sounds like you've had these experiences that are reflecting back this passion, this like superpower that you have. Um, and so how did that translate into like yeah. how, you thinking about your business? Yeah. And you, you said something to me in our last conversation that I wrote down around like the, the, the where I'm at in doing this for myself about like clarity by doing and experimenting. Mm-hmm. So there were so many things happening when I was in your course, I had people sort of reaching out to me to try to help me. I think, I think they knew that I was leaving my job and I didn't have a plan or maybe they didn't know that, but they were, they were like, Hey, can you do this, this, and this? And some of those contacts I took because I was like, I'm not really doing anything. And like, I could do that. It's not maybe what I want to do, but like, it's going to float me a little further. And so I did that for a little bit. And then your course, one of the things that you had us do was like share on our social media, you know, it's like, no one can hire you if they don't know, like that you're trying to do a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you gave us like really clear steps around how to communicate that. And so I sat on that to do for like a while. I think I had like a one-on-one coaching with you. I think like, and yeah. I was like, Erica, like, you don't need to coach me. Like, I know I need to make the post. Like what I need from you is like, if I tell you I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it because I feel like I don't want to let Erica down. You know, I, I'm going to, I, that in that case, I was like needed external accountability. Mm-hmm. And so once I said that, I set a deadline and I posted it and kind of shared like, Hey, I'm thinking about coaching managers and leadership and thinking about companies, cultural culture and their organization. And I'd like to interview some people. I was more specific than this. Mm-hmm. And that kind of yielded like another little mix of contracts around um, different, but adjacent topics. And so 
that's kind of where I'm at. And I think one of the lessons that I really learned from my habits group when I had my side hustle mm-hmm, that I mm-hmm. think about almost every day is like what I set out to do with those groups in the first six months is not what those groups became. Mm. And I could not have envisioned what those groups were going to be if I hadn't done those first mm-hmm. six months, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, they've evolved and evolved and evolved, but like I have a thing now that I do and it works and it, there's like structures to it. But the, the first group I ever ran had three people and I did one-on-one calls. It was not to make money. I don't really know what it was for. I think I needed like a sense of purpose in my life. And so I think about that often now where I'm like, I don't have a website. I don't have a database. Like I don't do it on social media. Like I, there's all these things I think I might want to do. And if I spend all my day thinking about that, then I can't do like the immediate thing in front of me. And I don't yet know exactly what I want the thing to be. And mm. so I'm sort of in this process mm. of like, yes, I'll do that. Like that seems like something I might be good at and I might enjoy doing. Mm. That I might've done last year, but I'm not doing this year because I don't need it right now. You know, like, mm. could I do it? Yes. Do I want to do it? No. And so I'm kind of getting to that point where I can say to people, I'm not your person for that, but that person's your person for that, mm. you know? And that I'll try because I don't know if I like it, you know? And mm. And so I'm kind of in that phase where I'm like figuring out exactly how this love and passion for management and leadership and women in leadership and culture and within organizations can, how I can do work that fits in that bubble. And there's so many ways. And so like the way I'm figuring out how I want to do it is just like saying yes to things that are close enough that they seem interesting to me and they seem like something I could be really good at. Mm. Mm. Oh, I love this so, so much of this, this chapter of experimenting. And I love this so much because I think experimenting, what will prevent you from, ex- first off, experimenting is so powerful because to what you're saying is like, it allows you to get data back. It allows you yeah. to be able to like get clear on like what you like, what you don't like. And here's the thing I already know about you. Even the things that like you you learn after you doing it that you weren't super jazzed up about, like you still killed the contract. Like you still like showed I'm up. Trying. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like you yeah. still did great and amazing work and yeah. you had expertise in it. But it's like, that didn't fire me mm-hmm. up. Like I did yeah. great work. They were happy and satisfied. But like, yeah. it, now that I have the choice and how I'm spending my time, exactly. like, is this what I want to continue to spend time doing and getting paid for? Like, nah, I think I want to pivot. Right. So I think what's interesting about that is because what I hear you indirectly saying, because what keeps what keeps a lot of people from preventing them from doing that is perfectionism. Oh, I got to have this in place. I got to do this. And then I got to do that. And I got to do that. But I hear I hear that that wasn't an obstacle for you. So talk to us a little bit about that, because you said something that I think some people's uh, ears might have perked up of you said, like, I didn't have a website. (laughs) Don't. Still don't. (laughs) Chrissy had me at gmail.com. Like I, I think like, again, for better or worse, like I know that I just can't do the thing and it's a barrier to me for, to getting other stuff done. Then I put it to the side. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a great example of this is like, or I just make a decision and commit. Like, so like I knew I needed, or I wanted an LLC because I wanted my contracts to start paying that. And I wanted to get my bank account set up and Mm -hmm. I needed EIN and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like circling the drain around like, what am I going to call my business? And he guess what my business is called? Chrissy Heine Consulting. Like, what, like, I, what am I like, like, what, like, I'm trying to think of all these like cute names. Like, I don't like what, and it's not, it's at the end of the day, I don't think that I'm going to get or not get a contract because it's called like, 
Chrissy Heine Consulting or blah, blah, blah. So I can sit here for three weeks and think about that name or I could get contract. You know what I mean? You better speak. You better speak. It's just not my, you know, like maybe if I was more creative, I would really put a lot of stock in that, but that's just not. And so like stuff like that and like a website, you know, I think like, okay. And I do have like a part of my brain that's like, okay, Chrissy, like that is going to happen for you. What will need to be true where you actually start putting energy towards that? You know, and, and that might be like, I'm getting so many people contact me, enough people who are hearing about me or whatever, that they're going to want to go look at something, yeah. you know, and like, maybe I'm close to that now, to be honest, you know, but I wasn't there four months ago. And if I had spent all my time on that, then I wouldn't have been making money in those four months or I would have made less money and I mm-hmm. needed to make money. Mm-hmm. So I think like for me, what is the best use of my time, right? And energy mm-hmm. and obsessing because I could still be obsessing with you about the three colors I use for Chrissy Heine Consulting. Girl, you, know you, you know better speak. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, do, I don't, like, I don't, like, it doesn't, it literally doesn't speak. matter. If I'm good at what I'm doing, I will get hired. And the people speak. who hire me will tell other people, that lady's good at what she's doing and they'll contact me. And I also speak. talk to other people who prove that to be true. And, and so I was like, you don't have, a, I was like, you don't have a website? They're like, no, I have a website. I'm like, oh shit. Like, and you're like fully up and running, like launched, like way launched, you know? And, and then like, that's just how they do it. That's just not, yeah. you know, and, and, and your website I use a lot and it's because, mm. you know what I mean? So I don't yeah. think I have a perfect answer, but that's kind of like the, what my brain does when I'm sort of like, wait, what am yeah. I trying to do right now? Why? And like, what do I just have to be okay with? Like, I can't be you, Erica, now. You didn't start where you're currently at when you were where I'm at. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, And so like, mm -hmm. the more I see all the shit you do and compare myself to you, the more I'm going to be like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I can't do it. Like, I don't have like an assistant and like an Instagram live, you know, like, and then I'm just stuck because I'm just not not you yet. And I'd rather strive to be you Mm -hmm. and spend time there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes, it makes so much sense. And just so... So a couple of things just to highlight around what you said. First off, I want to acknowledge someone put in the chat that Chrissy makes you feel like you want to be the best version of yourself personally and professionally. Um, so so just naming that love that that someone just dropped there as you were talking about your your passion for people and your impact on people that someone had just affirmed that in the chat. Oh, um, I, love I love this so much because, you know, as I'm supporting educators, and launching their consulting business. I think it probably happens for me in the program and then, you know, outside of the program once a week where I want to shake somebody who asks me about a logo, a website, (laughs) or colors, or a name. And I'm like, do you have your first contract yet? (laughs) And so I'm like, if you don't have your first contract yet, none of those questions matter. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you spending time yes. trying yes. to figure out your brand colors when yes. you don't even have your first contract? And I'm yes. saying this all out of love. But so I'm much like, love. You're <laughs> spending exactly the point that you just said of like this time. It, it, this is actually, this is the analogy it makes me think of. And educators, we get this. And so I didn't share this at the beginning of the live, but I'm a former teacher, former principal. And this is what it makes me think about. It makes me think about that first year teacher during the the beginning of, of school work days, who's focused on setting up their classroom library and they have no seating chart. Just they bulletin have, boards. They have just bulletin. Bulletin. And I'm just like, <laughs> this library 
on the first day of school will not matter. It's so true. If and you, you don't have a seating chart and your lesson plan, like this and, library will not matter. <laughs> and you know, you know, what's interesting, like when you say it like that, it's like, I think I'm just lucky because I think what's actually happening there is a feeling of I need to do something. And this is a tangible thing I can have. I can have a logo and colors. Mm. And, if, and if you're great at that stuff or you love it, then you're going to get pulled right into that, you know? Luckily oh, for me, I'm just like I don't like I don't know what colors go together. I have a friend who I'm definitely asking, can you pick me three colors? Like I'll, you know, but I, it's just like, are you being distracted from the actual thing? Because the actual thing that you could do right now is hard and overwhelming. You, like Ooh. defining the problem, and that's not a judgment either. We all do that. I do that all the time. It's just on the logo issue, I don't do it, but I do yeah. it in a million other. <laughs> You know what yo, I mean? <laughs> yo. So one of one of my business coaches, the term she used that it it I just love it so much. She calls it fancy busy work. Where it's right. just like like you Correct. are doing the fancy busy work. Like you can spend hours in Canva trying to put some ish together and you're not bringing in a single dollar in your business. Right. And right. this and, is but you have a thing, but you have a thing. I did a thing today. <laughs> but you got a logo and no contract. And so and I tell I, and this is the thing that I tell educators all the time. And I think part of it is the fact that our sector has conditioned us to believe that we are undervalued, that when we make this transition into entrepreneurship that we actually have to unpack all of that and exhale it and put it to the side. We're getting ready to make this mindset pivot because I, I, I know we have some juicy stuff to I'm talk bad about. At it. I know. But, but that's one of the, the mindset pieces. And you've already given us some mindset gems of how you move past perfection to just start experimenting. But what I appreciate around what you're naming with this is that like, like sometimes those things are work avoidance we are actually actually avoiding the what the unknown especially when you're doing this in your business for the first time and i tell educators all the time that because we have been conditioned to to believe that our gifts and talents are undervalued we feel like everybody can just do the thing that we do like everybody can just teach kids how to read everybody right. can just like coach right. like teachers how to be effective in right. culturally responsive practices right. everybody can just like coach principals right. how to effectively manage their time in an instructional leadership right. and then because of that we're like we're avoiding the 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 hard work that it, it will flow if you just lean into the new thing but you could be bringing in revenue within 30 days and well you, and I was going to give a really concrete example. And, Let's and go, I, again, give it to it. I'm going to give you the mind trash, but to build on this last, this last point about this point, I did not post asking people to talk to me. And instead I did a bunch of other fancy busy work. It might not have been a logo. I did other shit. You know, like made my little Google drive. Like, <laughs> and because posting the post was really scary. Yeah. yeah Even though true. posting the post got me, four to five other contracts without me even knowing what the hell I was doing. The po- you know what I mean? Like, seriously, you know, so it's like, I think it's that whatever you need to do throughout your day, maybe once, maybe five times to say, am I doing something because I'm scared to do the thing I actually need to do? Yeah. And having a logo makes me feel in control of essentially nothing because I have no work, you know, like, yeah. like, and, and then you start to think you have to have all this shit in line to even go. 
then you really just need to get in the car and start making up the stuff as you go. You know, that's yo, what I'm, yes, I'm sure people yo. who are better at other stuff than me, but that's what I'm doing. And it's currently working for me, you know? And well, in here, and here's the thing that I love about that, Chrissy, that is so important for us to remember as educators, like this is actually the gift that we have. We're used to actually building the boat as we're sailing. So right. like, we're going to have a damn good boat. Correct. So like, and so like that's, that's, that's the thing that like we keep forgetting yes. that like we create this narrative that we shouldn't do that because what if all these things happen with act- actually realizing like, look, you taught a lesson where five minutes before the kids walked in, the internet went out and you pivoted and like you built your boat. Your subs you know, got canceled today. You're listen, fine. <laughs> listen, or the copier stopped working before the like yeah. beginning of the day or like there was a fire trip. Like you, right. you know how to pivot. You know how to build a boat as you're, as you're, you're doing this work. And so I think that's just so critical for people to remember. And all of that goes back to this mind trash work of the work that we have to do. And I love that concrete example because I remember seeing the post when you made it and like you had, I mean, the response was like crazy. And to hear you name, you got four or five contracts from that of like, like that, that's actually the pattern that we have to expect in our business that right before we're getting ready to do something that's going to pop, our mind trash is going to be on fire. It is going to be on fire. So it's like, if if you can see that pattern of like right before I'm getting ready to take a healthy risk that has a high potential of paying off because of the gifts and talents and just who I am, that my mind trash is going to be on fire. If you can see that pattern, then you can manage it and you can move past it. So Chrissy, talk to us about some of the, the mindset work. If you had to name like one or two mindsets that, you know, you have, have worked through or you're still working through, but now you've recognized it. So you know how to manage it. What would be those, those one or two mindsets? I'm working through both of them all the time. I'm not at a place where I'm yet like whatever, but I think one is sort of exactly what you just said in terms of like, you know, when I made that post, another mentor who talks like another little business mentor, who's been awesome. She was like, okay, like how many people do you want to talk to? between now and Christmas, say I posted it like December 1st. I was like, maybe like five, I feel like five to seven is like feasible. Like I'll be really happy if five to seven people take time out of their life to like hear about what I'm trying to do and talk to me. And by, let's say I posted at eight at like noon, I had like 20 people signed up. Mm. And so I think that one of the things that I frequently do, and it's why it's hard for me to talk about my receipts and all that stuff and, and like confidently say like, no, I do that, you know, is that I constantly questioning like my own credibility or like, is there really like nobody better to do this than me? You know, like, like it's just kind of, or do, are people going to trust me to like coach them individually or bring me into their organizations or all these things? And what I'll say is that how I'm getting through that mind trash is actually by like doing and talking and stepping out. So it's like that post was like the first big one. Yeah. And my, my girlfriend's great about this where like, she'll sort of come in like my hype woman, you know, and she's like, Oh, she, Oh, she like internationally coaches people. Like she just, you know, and she, and she's like, you got to see what you're doing. Like not yes. like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm starting to try to work for myself. Like, no, you are working for yourself. Come on. This is what you do, you know? And like, like she's with me enough that I kind of like let her take the lead there. But I struggle with saying like, if you want freaking awesome management or leadership coaching and development, 
Like, I'm going to tell you what you're going to get from me and I can confidently promise you you're going to get it. If you're looking for something else, then someone else is your person. But if you want this, like, I think I can crush it. And just learning how to say that, like, with full confidence, I'm not there. And I feel like I'm a pretty confident person, but like, I am literally, and this is my second mind trash, I am literally taking their money. And that's different than a salary in my mm. mind because like when you're working for a company, you're just like taking the company's money, like, which like, mm. I want to do a great job, but like, I'm literally having a relationship with you, Erica, as your coach. Mm-hmm. So I am like, I, I know how much you are paying out of your pocket to pay me to do that or your company is. And so like setting a price and I still struggle with it. It's like, I have a price because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not great at this part yet. And if I know that they're paying me and not like their company, then I immediately want to be like, I'll go to my other mentor and be like, okay, I talked to this great person. She wants a six month contract. I think I'm going to like lower the price for her. And she's like, why? And I'm like, well, like she has two kids and like, she's paying for herself. This is like her own. She's like in a leadership position. She hasn't been gotten anything like, and she's like, what are you, are you worth that amount? Are you not? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't actually know. Like, like if I, like, you know what I mean? Like, like if, if you talk to me for an hour and then I collect your money and I think to myself, do I think that was worth that amount? Like my answer is always going to be no. Mm. And that's just mind trash. You know, that person yeah. is not going to say no. That person has never come back to me and said, hey, that sucks. Like, I don't think that was what, like, but I'm always like, it's just a weird thing to like take the money or to tell someone, but I'm getting a little bit better at it. Like I just, last week someone's like will you do this for like this amount of time and i'm like no i just won't mm. you know i'll do it for that but i won't do it for that like mm. i just i and at this point it's like i literally can't you know like i i could do other, another thing and so i'm but i'm working through it and i'm and it is yeah. really hard for me when someone's yeah. like what are your what is your price like i need to commit to prices and that mm-hmm. is the price and i'm like still building that. and also other people want to negotiate they have idea like no we don't want to do that we want to do this and i'm like well, I've never done that. Like I could try that, you know? And so, but what that's leaving me, I don't, I think some people aren't paying me enough and others are. And I'm like working through that because yeah. it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's so interesting about this. And first off, I appreciate you naming this and your vulnerability and speaking honestly about this journey because the pricing journey specifically, because I mean, <sighs> a between the money mind trash and then B, between like the complexities of pricing as a consultant, because there's no handbook, like right. there, there's no roadmap for it. And so right. you're, you are relying on your own self-beliefs around yeah. your values in terms of yeah. setting your pricing. And just so you know, Erica just said in the chat, Christy, I know some of your receipts from years ago. You better own your worth and the value you provide. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm and trying. so just shout it, shouting you out you, that Erica. way. But one of the things that I think comes of the stage that you named you're in of experimenting, which every entrepreneur, every education consultant goes through in their business of the earliest first stage is experimenting is there's experimenting with your pricing too. Yeah. Of like, of like you set a price point and then you go, go with it and you get some data back and the data isn't always quick and immediate. Sometimes it takes a couple of contracts And it takes the awareness of like how you felt about it to your point when someone, you know, having the experience like, nope, I'm not doing that. And like part of that comes from awareness of like either it doesn't bring me joy or like I know how much work that that takes. Right. I've done a contract like that in the past and like I will not do anything below that because of the amount of work that it takes. 
But also to your point, I think I think one of the things that I'm excited for you in your journey is as you continue to have coaching clients, you're going to get clearer and clearer on your impact, which is going to allow your head to rationalize increasing your price or where your price currently is. Because you can yeah. say, oh, this yeah. is all of the impact that I'm creating. And yeah. so because of, of the impact that I'm creating, okay, like now I can, my head can rationalize yeah. me increasing the price because I created all of these receipts. So I named that too as a strategy for people who are early in in their business, who are experimenting and you're you're figuring out the pricing journey. It's like being having a system for testimonials, having a system yes. for feedback and, and end of uh, coaching surveys or anything. Yes. So that way you can reflect back to yourself your impact to make your head catch up with what you, your gut is telling you you should yeah. be charging, but your head ain't there yeah. yet. Like that yeah. testimonial feedback is going to be really, really helpful. Yeah, I just got, I wrote that down for myself because I'm not always great at that. And I also want to shout out one thing. I know you're asking another question. Yeah, yeah, from, you're from, good. From your, Go ahead. From, from your class that really helped me is the session where with that Excel sheet where it's like, yeah, there's there is some math involved here to figure yeah. out what you want to make and work backwards. Yeah. So I just want to shout out that was one of the super helpful things I got. And then in terms of like time, another thing is like I'll say. I have some contracts where I do a lot of design or design and facilitation. And then I have some contracts where I'm coaching an individual and the, the hour, what, what each, like, what, what, like the mental work of an equal hour of each of those types of contract, right? So like a one hour design contract, if I work eight hours for that day on a design, I'm like, you know, versus coaching. And that goes to that question that you posted. I was like, where do you get energy? Where do you get joy? Yeah. Where, do you, where are you living in your, I forgot, like the quadrants or whatever, you know, where you're yeah, like, yeah. And again, clarity, clarity through doing, you know, I am taking on some design contracts and I'm, I'm also dropping somewhere. I'm like, that's just not fun for me. to. It, I can do it mm-hmm. to your point. Yes. But like now I'm getting to do design work. That's really interesting to me and doesn't feel like a grind, even though that design work is harder than just like a coaching session or facility. Yeah. So, Learning that and like what I charge for different types of contracts has been part of clarity by doing too. Yeah. So I have two final questions, I think. So, and before I ask my two final questions, someone dropped in the chat. How long does it take? I think the question was, how long does it take to get your LLC? Or how long does the LLC process take is the question. Whitley asked that question. Seven minutes plus like 10 days. Like I did it on LegalZoom. I'm not sure if that's like the best, but that's how I did it. You do need to know like the name. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit more complicated in like California or a couple random states. But for me, it was like, I did it on LegalZoom and maybe a week later, I got my LLC. I got the EIN number for the bank account. It cost a couple hundred bucks. It was like a follow the dots, like done. It was very easy. Yep. So I'll just follow up and affirm many things that Chrissy just said. LLCs, first off, I'm not a lawyer. Chris is not a lawyer. Google everything no. on your, <laughs> like, do your own due diligence. So, like, let me just give yeah. that disclaimer. No. Yeah, um, thank you. We're, we're speaking from personal experience. And uh, just a couple of things to highlight is that LLCs are, you register your LLC by state. So states have different processes, different fees, all those other things. And what Chrissy just named is that you have the option 
there's three options that you can go through to file your LLC. You can DIY it where you are literally registering yourself with the secretary of state for whatever state that you live in. That process does take a little bit longer, but it's not crazy. I think maybe like a couple of weeks. You can do it on your own through a website. LegalZoom is one option that Chrissy just named. Inkfile.com is another option. And then you still have to pay the fees. And then there's an additional fee because you're doing it through the website, but it's usually not crazy. And then the, the third option is you do it with a small business attorney. And so all of those are based upon your preferences of how comfortable you feel doing it on your own. For most states, it's not a crazy complicated process, but I'll also name that if you are going in partnership with someone else or you're mm. wanting to uh, start an LLC in partnership with someone else, then that brings more complexities that you might want to be thinking about, you know, the the assistance of a, an attorney because your operating agreement, I know I'm naming some terms that people may not be familiar with, but you can Google them later. But for your operating agreement, that and your articles of organization, those are going to have, if you're, you're opening an LLC in partnership with someone else, those there's different nuances related to those. And so just naming that, that that's something you just want to look out for. And if my personal, how I feel about it, if I were to open a business with someone else, that I actually would want to consult a lawyer because you need to have some, here's, here's whose ownership and all right. that stuff. That's one thing I'll name. The last thing I'll just say, what Chrissy just said too, is that if you live in California or New York, their processes for filing LLC are probably the most complicated. And so for folks who live in those two states, again, I'm not a lawyer, but if I lived in either one of those states, I would actually consult a lawyer because of, of the complexities of the processes for those two states. Okay. So if you all have any other questions, this is the time to go ahead and drop those into the chat. So that way we can get those answered for you before we wrap up. And so Chrissy, my last, my first and my last two questions is what advice do you have for people who are in this stage of like, I think I want to go into education consulting, but I'm not sure because I don't know. Like, what advice would you have for people? I would say be okay with not knowing exactly where you're trying to get exactly. You know, I think probably anyone who's even beginning to have an interest in that probably has a great sense of like what they want to do, even if it's not down to the specifics. So it's like, I want to do diversity, inclusive, and equity coaching. I want to do principal coaching. I want to mm-hmm. use data in school. Like whatever your thing is, you probably know And so like invest in what that might look like for you, whether that's seeking Erica's class or something else that's going to set you up. I don't think anything will better than that. But like, you know, like you, you have to, you are not the first person to want to do this for yourself. So Mm -hmm. whatever network you tap into, find other people who have done that because they have the best advice. And in addition to joining your class, a ton of other, mostly women who came from my past and my career who are doing that right now literally I got to text them like, you want to talk about money? Like text me. That was the one thing no one was talking about. You know, like, and I talk to those people all the time and they're like a couple steps ahead of me, you know? And so it's like, I call them because I'm like, okay, I'm at the point now where I think I need like a contract template and I don't know. Boom. There. Okay. I'm at the point where like, I think, who did you, boom. You know, like Uh if you're sitting and wondering, someone else is doing it and you probably know them. Mm. Go get the information you want and the information you need and don't feel like you need all of the information. I got three contracts before I ever had the LLC. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't yep. matter. I, I didn't have a name. I don't ever use my name until someone has to pay. You know, like 
I think if you focus more on what do you want to do and what problem are you trying to solve, which I think mm-hmm. your class like helped me give focus to like, I think I want to work for myself in management. Like what are you, but what, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I guess I would just say like, be okay with not knowing exactly what, tap into other people who are a little bit further along than you and invest in taking some steps for yourself. And if that takes money, like it might be worth doing that if you have it to like say like, no, this is something I want to put this ball, you know, it it collects snow as it goes, you know? So like, I think that would be like my three things that have helped me. And I have to remind myself often, like Chrissy, reach out. You're sitting here spinning your wheels. Like these five people have it. Go ask them. Mm -hmm. And they, and uh, my experience has been people are so happy to like come along, you know, like like, other people give me contracts. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's like uh, half the contracts I got were from people who are helping me who, because I told them what I'm doing, they either are in a position to punt clients or they get a client that wants what I'm doing. And they're like, yeah. I don't do that, but Chrissy does. I heard Chrissy does, you know? And so like, put it out there. Like it is sort of some of that woo-woo shit of like, you gotta say it. <laughs> you gotta tell people, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not doing it if you're not talking about it. It's just in your head, you know? So yeah. Pick five people, put it out there, and and like it just kind of keeps growing. You know, I, yeah. I I believe in that stuff. So yeah, that's what I. And think. so here's here's just one quick example I'll share as a follow up to illustrate exactly what you just said. Because entrepreneurship is around failing fast. You have to move. You have to reframe what success is, mm-hmm. because we are conditioned to believe that success is defined in one type of outcome, which is numeric, quantitative, like I got to get an A, I got to get this amount of money. When as an entrepreneur, you actually have to reframe success, that success is actually getting data back. Like knowing that I don't like to do this type of thing and it doesn't give me energy is success because that means you will no longer spend time doing that thing and now you're going to pivot. Pivoting is success. Getting data back around what you don't like is success. Failing fast. So you have to completely redefine failure in entrepreneurship because literally you have to be willing to just try ish out to figure out what sticks, what gives you energy, and then like create your own path as you go. So just a quick example that I'll share is I have, I've, I've had my consulting business since October of 2017. I have yet in my business to send a cold email to someone asking them if they want my services as as EJT Consulting. I have have never done that. Mm -hmm. And my consulting business has supported me through three years as a Mm full-time student. Mm -hmm. And all of my income has come from people in my network who I know and them referring. And so I just say that as an example of what you were saying, Chrissy, of like, put yourself out there, begin to have conversations with people. You got to let people know what you do because my very first contract, my very first step that I took three over a little over three years ago is I sat down with, with three education consultants who I personally knew had a great relationship with, told them this is what I wanted to do had, you know, asked if I could meet with them to be able to have some time to learn from them. I did it with people I had a relationship with. So don't just yes. email somebody who you went right. to, to high school with, who you see is like consulting <laughs> yes. and asking if you can pick their brain. Do not do that. That's not what I'm telling yes. you to do. Yes. The three people I knew I had relationships <laughs> with. 
And mm-hmm. so through that, I told him this is what I want to do. I said, hey, keep me in mind. If you if you learned of any opportunities related to this problem that I want to solve in my business, I got my first contract two weeks later. Just, just affirming so much of the goodness that you just said. All right. Our last question, I'm going to pull from just the uh, audience question. This person asked, you kind of touched on this, but I think I think we have an opportunity to go a little bit deeper of how and where did you look for clients. So you mentioned earlier the Facebook post that got you a couple clients, but give us give us another example um, or or whether it's an example within that that's a, like a little bit more detailed or if there's another example that you can think of of how you got uh, one of your, your contracts. I feel like I don't have great advice here because I do think it's sort of like what you just said, which is once I made that... So one... Once people knew even casually that I was doing my own thing, then I think, and I just really believe in the power of like relationships and and connection and other people. I just have an orientation to the world that other people want to help other people. I know that there's many instances where that's not true, but I sort of have a good blinders on that part. And I'm just like, no, people want to help. And so a lot of it came from people being like, you just left TFA, right? Like we need work here and here. Like, could you do this? You know? And so like that kind of, and I took those contracts, like I I was in therapy, like right at the start of this. And I'm like, she's, you know, my therapist was like, you know, how's it going? I'm like, well, like these two people reached out with like work, but I think like, that's not really what I want to do. And she's like, like, maybe try it, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> she's like, what? Are you busy like making logos? I'm like, yes, I am. Like, The post like led to posts, led to connections, led to, it was like a ripple effect of like a splash. I'm also a little more assertive now if I see other people post in my Mm. social that they're looking for something. Mm. Now I'm sort of like, oh, I do that, you know? And like today I had a call because I commented on it and like whatever. So, and, and part of that, like I'm sort of at this I do think I'm at a point where when summer comes, my my plan is to like sort of think like I need to sort of reshare, like remind people like I do that. I, social media works for me. I I have good engagement there. And so like that works for me. And that tends to be how I've gotten clients. And I think to the broader point of trust your credibility. And if you are good at the thing you're saying that you want to do, then chances are the people in your network want to hire you to do that thing. And the more you can kind of like center yourself on that belief, then you don't have to spend nearly as much energy as I thought. I mean, that was my main question. Like, I don't get how people come to me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the main thing was like, people don't know that they should go to you if you're not talking about the thing you do. Mm -hmm. Like, what are they like? They're going to come to you, but just to like hang or talk, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I think like it's bad advice because it's like not specific. It's like what we've been saying, which is just like share what you're doing, even if you don't fucking yet know, you know? Sorry. I don't like, no, I love all of it. I love this. Like, you know, like I I do management coaching, like, like you like one-on-one or corporate. I'm like, both. Like, I don't know. What do you mean? You know what I mean? It's like, what do you mean? I do that. I do that. You know, like, so I think, yeah, you just do the thing that you know you're supposed to do. So yeah. it's sort of like, we, we want it to not be that thing because we don't want to be scared and vulnerable to say we do the thing. Yeah. But actually, that's what you have to do. And like, yeah. Yeah. Can I make one plug, Erica? Even though I don't have a website, I don't have a logo. Of course. That was going to be my my next little move. But before you say that real quick, because I want you to make this plug. I do remember though, so related to this social media point um, where you made the post, you got crazy response from it. And the post was 
centered around, you just wanted to learn about people's experience with managers. It, it was it was a market research approach. And, yes. And I remember yes. you telling me this. <laughs> and, and that's something we, you know, we talk about in the program. But the, I remember, and tell me if I'm making this up, but I feel like I remember us having this conversation where you had a call with one of the folks who responded to this this post around learning about their experience with managers. And then through that call, they were like, so tell me more about your work yes. that you do. Yes. <laughs> and yes. so how, and like, I, what would it be like yes. to work with you? Yes. I'm just sharing that as an example. First off, you should be, you should be deeply proximate to your client and learning their experience, not just assuming because you've done the thing, you know, the problem, right. but right. the approach of like getting proximate to people and learning their experience. And by doing that, that is actually building awareness of, of what you do. That's not your primary objective when you do that. You're right. doing it for learning, but the indirect, you know, yes. a beautiful, positive consequences, people are learning that this is your business. And then yes. they find value even in that 20 minute conversation. Right. Like, right. Based off of the questions that she's asking and some of the things yeah. that she's saying, it's like, so tell me more about what you're doing. Like, yeah. what, tell me more about your business. Like, what? <laughs> So yeah. I just I just wanted yeah. to share that because I remember that conversation yes. where you were like, yo, somebody and then somebody asked yes. me like how we work together. And I was like, well, yeah. let's let's talk yeah. about it. So yeah, so exactly. but share with share with us your plug. Well, I you you sort of teed me up so perfectly. This is one of my current and favorite contracts. It's with a company called Failure Lab. And everything you said about relationships to failure sort of the things we do in response to failing when we react and the things we don't do because we're afraid to fail is like sort of this company's whole mission, both to bring it to organizations, to think about how does that impact relationships, innovation, risk-taking, feedback, you know, all those things. And also like individual and group coaching. So we have a cohort that I'm going to be leading coming up for women in leadership and management positions to talk about some of the things that women specifically experience when they're put in roles of leadership, how failure, imposter syndrome, sort of all of those things can make the most successful women at the end of the day feel like they sucked at everything. And so like, there's a lot of coaching and development around that. And so I really love that because part of what I get to do there is not only training at the organization, but then one-on-one management coaching to use this lens of failure and the ways it gets in the way of company culture. So that's like one place I can send people to, which is failurelab.com. And if you go to the events page, you'll see the group for the uh, Failure Lab She, which we're going to start this summer. So that's just like one really cool like lens to management and culture within companies that I'm doing with one client, which has been really incredible and inspiring work. So Awesome. Oh my gosh. And I you love can it. message me, you know, if, if you want to talk more about this or if you're interested in, in working with me. So. Awesome. And and Chrissy, share with folks how they can get in contact with you the best way. And then anything else that, whether it's anything coming up in your business or just any, any, who your people are and how you help them, anything else that you want folks to know about your business? Yeah. You can email me at chrissy.heine at gmail.com because I don't yet have my G Suite set up. Um, And that's okay. Um, Listen, but you got contracts though. I sure do. Message me if you want to bring management and leadership coaching and development to your organization, or if you're an individual person who's looking to get sort of executive and leadership coaching one-on-one. Yeah. I love working with people. I love being a coach. I'm really appreciative of this time and, and of everything. I just want to say like, 
If you're sitting here thinking about whether or not you should take Erica's class, go to your little website right now. I don't know if there is one you can get into, but like go click yes. Like that would be my honest to God. It it completely gave me purpose, focus, direction, and hope that like I could do it. And from the pre-work, I, I mean, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass right now, but it really does need to be said. Like you are so good at what you do. And that both inspired me to like, Chrissy, find your thing, you know, like that mm. you can help all these people. And, and also like from a, just a very practical sense, like that class is nuts and bolty. It's not like, it is inspiring. I mean, it is like, you can do this, but it is like, no, but here's how. And mm. so like, if you're in that place of like, I don't get the how, like take the class. Listen. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the benefit of taking a something with an educator. Okay, I know how that's to what I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> they're funny. I I, there's memes. There's great pre work. It's branded. <laughs> I know. I know how to teach. Yeah. Uh, yes. Christy, I love you so much. And for folks who are wondering if you needed to know how you spell Christy's last name is H E Y N E, as you are searching her, searching her on social media, and if you plan to follow up and reach out to her for to learn more about her business via email, and if you are. Uh, considering and and you want to just go for for launching your own consulting business through my 12-week program get launch consulting where it's specifically for educators interested in launching their education consulting business if you click the link on my bio uh, it'll take you straight there to the website so that way you can learn more about the the programs all right Thank you, Chrissy. And yes. oh, I, I'm cheering and rooting for you. Um, I know and, you are. And I'm in your corner for, for life. Likewise. For life. Same. You're not going to be able to same, get rid same. of me. So yes. thank you so much. <laughs>